Saturday on Broadway for Thursday, February 28th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, so uh, I did the show by myself yesterday. Yeah, we didn't mean to do that. No, that was uh, an accident. I uh, Well, not really an accident. It was a, a work of, of, of God or technology. I texted James that I was ready. I didn't hear back. Said, hey, just checking. Didn't hear back. I said, if I don't hear from you in five to ten minutes, I'm going to do the show by myself. Didn't hear back. And then about an hour later, James texts me and says, hey, when do you want to do the show? And uh, <laughs> what time What time did you actually end up getting the text messages that I sent you? Oh, what? it was uh, 3.27 a.m., I think it was, or something That's like helpful. that. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah it was really, you know. I felt bad because you did the show by yourself. Well, and yeah, then I, I was like... Uh, then I was like, you know, what's going on with the technology here? And I felt bad because I thought something bad had happened or maybe there was something wrong with uh, a kid and I didn't want to bother you. So I didn't call. So we apologize about that. Um, yeah, I, now I know better. I, I, I will just call if I don't hear from James. We lived through it. We yeah. lived through it. <laughs> survived. All right. So uh, first up in the news. Uh, oh, wait, you want to talk about the yeah. previews? Yeah, just to, just a reminder, I, I should have mentioned that um, previews tonight begin on Broadway for Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations at the Imperial Theater. And they also begin for King Lear starring Glinda Jackson over at the Court Theater. James, I don't think that you could possibly get two more dichotomous shows to begin performances on Broadway on the same day than a show about the Temptations and a show, uh, well, a Shakespearean tragedy uh, like King Lear. So it uh, should be interesting. Very excited to hear about both of these shows. Um, I'm holding out. I've got one spot left on my trip coming up at the end of March. Actually, I leave um, a week from or a month from yesterday. So uh, I got one more spot. I'm waiting uh, to hear about some of these other things. And these are a couple that I've got my eye on. So I'm excited to hear about these and maybe uh, get that last ticket booked for my trip uh, here in a couple of weeks. I'm having a mental block here. What is that new Nathan Lane show? The uh... Gary, 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 a Gary. sequel to Titus Andronicus. I, uh, I, I have that. That, but that could be the polar opposite of Ain't Too Proud. That's true. That's you probably know, true. <laughs> but yeah, you know what uh, really started today, for me at least, um, is the onslaught I, I must have received five, maybe eight uh, uh, invites for the shows coming up oh. and things like that. And so... Uh, March and April, uh, late March and early April, I, I was like, you're doing the show by yourself. you got to call Julie back. Uh, yeah. Julie, Julie must back. Where are you, yeah. babe? <laughs> Julie must back. Get must back. Must come back. Yeah, we'll, back. We'll, get, we'll, we'll get back with her as we get to uh, uh, as we uh, get into the opening season. I got a few uh, invites as well. I just uh, don't live in New York. But, you know, I should say, if there's any real estate developers out there that want to throw me a timeshare or something in in New York, I'd be happy to come up and see all the openings that I get invites to. Um, I just you know, need, need a place to crash. So any hotel owners or real estate developers or condo association managers, hit me up at BWWMAT. And we're happy, happy, more than happy to uh, mention your uh, your your good <laughs> grace on Broadway Radio and, yeah, uh, I was, and plug yeah. it as much. Yeah, I was kidding. But if someone really wants to, we will let you own the whole thing. Yeah, that's totally fine with us. <laughs> we We should really do some news. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Now, first up in the news, 
Um, critics weigh in on Lincoln Center Theater's Mary's. Yes, yes, that's correct. It's plural, Mary's. Like I have yes. a sister Mary. If I had two sisters, Mary. Correct. It was like uh, attorneys general. Mary's yes. Mary- sequel. Yes, that is correct. This is one of those shows, James, that I since I don't live in New York, I don't have a place to uh, to crash. Uh, hit me up um, that I would love to see. This is a new play by uh, Jackie Sibley's Drury, who wrote Fairview, which was a critical smash off Broadway last year and will be returning later this year. It is directed by Liliana Blaine Cruz and it opens at LCT three earlier this week. The show has currently been extended to run through March 24th. Would not doubt another extension at some point especially after these reviews. Ben Brantley of the New York Times made the show a critic's, pick, a critic's pick and said, quote, Jackie Sibley's Drury has taken a shredder to the sacred great person biodrama and let the pieces fall like confetti. In the unsettled landscape of Mary's sequel, individual ego doesn't stand a chance against the crushing flux of history. And Miss Drury gloriously confirms her status as a playwright for whom the long view is disturbingly divergently and endlessly kaleidoscopic. Mary's sequel, which is directed with head-spinning velocity and shape-shifting flair by Liliana Blaine Cruz, turns chronology inside out, erasing distinctions between past and present that make pro- that make progress on some levels feel like a myth. At the same time, the play scrambles our notions of sacrifice and self- selfishness as they apply to the cherished perception of women as caregivers. Sarah Holdren of Vulture continues her praise for the show, writing, quote, the six women of Mary's Seacole are all delivering fierce, finely calibrated performances from Quincy Tyler Bernstein's wry, commanding, charismatic Mary, the show's steel cord anchor, to Lucy Taylor's fierce and agile expressions of May's many forms all of them acidic and exacting, a proteus of high-achieving condescension. Beans is especially wonderful as Mammy, who's got the muscular hopefulness of youth and the inevitable frustration of intelligence burning in her eyes and body. Now, Robert Hofler of The Rap, he did have one uh, little qualm. He said, quote, the Jamaican accents here are very pronounced and not everything was unintelligible to the ears. Suffice to say, the ensuing spectacle of two titanic actors ripping into each other makes riveting theater like hearing a great opera duet, even when you don't know the language being sung. We will also have some highlights, uh, some B-roll with some music over top of it uh, in the show notes if you want to see what that is. But just based off these reviews and that B-roll, James, uh, this is something that I would love to see. Uh, and, and I wish that I was uh, was able to. It, it looks like as of now it's going to close before I get to town. But uh, this is the type of theater that uh, I really miss not living in New York. LCT3 uh, just uh, maybe 10 years ago was was an idea. And it has really paid off. Yeah. And what's so cool about it, James, is that all tickets to these shows are $30, all, all tickets. And there's not that many. Um, so it's a very they're, they're, it's in a very small space, cheap tickets, great theater. Uh, it's one of the one of the great opportunities to see up and coming playwrights in the city. All right. That's very exciting. Uh, good to hear uh, another successful production over at LCT3. So uh... – are we going to do a school school of rock type of freestyle love supreme as it launches an academy next month? 
Not exactly, and we'll get to why here in a second. But yesterday, Freestyle Love Supreme announced the launch of the Freestyle Love Supreme Academy, the first ever freestyle school created and run directly by FLS members, including teachers and guest facilitators in partnership with longtime FLS producers Tommy Kale, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Ars Nova founders Ginny and John Steingart, and Hamilton co-producer Jill Furman. Foundations of Freestyle, the first class, will kick off on March 17th with a second class cycle starting the next day and will include seven three-hour classes, which culminate in live performances on the eighth and final weeks of the program at the Ars Nova Theater. And here's why uh, it won't work as as a school of rock type thing here, James. The classes will cover a range of topics, including beatboxing, word flow, improvisation, and expression through music. Once students 18 and older complete foundations of freestyle they will be invited to audition for additional offerings set to launch mid 2019 the fee for the eight-week course is 550 dollars and applications are now being accepted at freestylelovesupreme.com slash academy or you can go over to uh the show notes at barterradio.com and we will have a link to that there you know james we talked about fls doing a residency somewhere and i still think they might but apparently we weren't thinking big enough they are looking to expand what they do. Um, and I, I'm shocked that we didn't think about this. This is a great way to kind of mimic all of the other improv places uh, around the world. Uh, you think of places like Second City and UCB and, and Groundlings and all of those uh, comedy-based improv-type sketch comedy places, which is kind of the amalgamation that FLS is with the addition of music and, and hip-hop. Of course they're going to start a school. Of course they're going to use that as a feeder system. Of course they're going to do other things um, with those new folks. I'm, I'm shocked we didn't think about it, but it seems so perfect and such a welcome thing to add to the New York community. Well, I want to be the first one to buy a Freestyle Love Supreme franchise and open it up at my local mall. <laughs> that's very good. That is actually how a School of Rock works. But uh, yeah, that's perfect. I love it. Yeah. All right. What other news do we have today? Okay. And a story that makes me very happy, not only for this particular production, but for the long mired and flops off-Broadway house stage 42. The recently reopened production of the National Yiddish Theater Folksbane's Fiddler on the Roof has released a new block of tickets. Originally, the show was on sale through June 30th, but the new block adds two more months, keeping it on sale through September 1st off-Broadway. A bit further downtown, yesterday we learned that Gloria, a life, will close at the Daryl Roth Theater on March 31st. Originally scheduled to close on January 27th, the show extended due to popular demand at the Union Square venue. And finally, uh, oh no, not finally, I'm sorry. Uh, Next up, over in London at the Southwark Playhouse, a new musical adaptation of The Curious Case of Benjamin Button will begin performances on May 15th, where it will run just through June 8th. The show features a book and direction by Jethro Compton and a score by Darren Clark, two folks that I am not familiar with, so uh, I don't know much about them or their style. But interestingly, the show, which is based on the original short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald, not the Brad Pitt movie, uh, will feature puppet design by In the Bellows, um, so uh, I have to admit, I didn't see the movie, so I don't know how puppets play, might play in, but it sounds interesting. But now, finally, James, on March 18th at the Wallace Annenberg Center in Beverly Hills, Oh Hello stars John Mulaney and Nick Kroll will perform a reading of this 1981 screenplay for My Dinner with Andre. Originally written by and starring Wallace Shawn and Andre Gregory, the film featured fictionalized versions of the stars talking over dinner. It sounds 
very perfect uh, for Oh Hello uh, to kind of take those two guys and put them in a very similar situation. Uh, this is produced. Uh, this, uh, this event is going to be produced by um, uh, Film Independent and will be a fundraiser for them. So if you are in the Los Angeles, Southern California area, you can get tickets at the Wallace.org slash Andre and single tickets start at $50. So it's not in the script here, but maybe we, I don't know if we can talk about it quickly or maybe we'll table it and talk about it tomorrow. But uh, this story about um, uh, Mockingbird Productions getting shut down, the non-Aaron Sorkin Mockingbird Productions, we talked about it about a month ago happening over in the Mm -hmm. tour in the UK. But uh, it seems that a few productions here in the US have been shut down or have been th- threatened to shut down. Have you, do you, have you been following up on this, or maybe we should talk about it tomorrow? What do you think? Um, th- yeah, we talked about the one over in the UK. There was another one, a, um, I believe it was a community theater production that was shut down. I don't know which adaptation that was, um, uh, if it was the same uh, playwright adaptation uh, as the one of the UK tour. Basically what it is is that Scott Rudin uh, claims that his agreement with um, the, the, um, oh, I'm blanking on the, on the writer's name. Uh, um, uh what's her name? Yeah. Her, um, her. the, uh, the estate, the author's estate gives him ex- exclusivity to the stage rights for what I'm sure is a given amount of time. And because he's Scott Rudin, he is flexing his muscle to be able to make sure that in his mind, his rights and exclusivity are maintained worldwide. Now, the issue is, is whether or not his exclusivity trumps the previous agreements with other playwrights who have been given the opportunity to adapt the book into a script. Um, I would imagine that very few people are willing to um, take him on or his lawyers in court, which means that a lot of productions have been canceled. I I don't really have much of an opinion on this because I I haven't seen his agreement. I haven't seen the other playwrights agreements. So I don't really know from a legal standpoint. And even if I did see those agreements, I probably wouldn't know because I'm not a lawyer. Um, But I don't really know if he does have the exclusivity rights and he wants to take this show on tour and over to London, which I am sure he does because it is a huge honking success on Broadway. um, I have no problem with that if if he does actually have the legal right uh, to do that. Um, I know that there is a certain um, a blog, uh, theater blog that is trying to encourage people to uh, boycott Scott Rudin shows. Good luck, good with, luck that. with that. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, that's like half the shows on Broadway and half of the things that are going to win Tony's this year. So, I mean, do you if you want to make that point, go for it. I just don't know that anybody outside of the folks that have access to the agreements with each of these playwrights really know who's in the right. Or if the Harper Lee, I got it off the top of my head, didn't Harper even have Lee. to think yeah. about it. It just came. If the Harper Lee estate maybe screwed up and gave those rights to multiple people. I don't know. It just... I boycotting Scott Rudin productions because he's being a bully is like saying, Hey, let's, you know, let's not drink water cause it's wet. Like, of course, Scott Rudin is, is known for flexing his muscle and pushing people around. That's what he does. That's what producers have done on Broadway forever. So I, I, I think that the boycott is a little short sighted, especially when we don't know the legal uh, maneuvering behind it. But yeah, I, Whatever. We talked about this with the, with the British thing uh, with the, when we first talked about the tour, James. Rights get pulled all the time. The difference, of course, in this situation is that there are rights for different versions of the same underlying property. But people get their rights pulled for shows that end up having commercial lives 
all the time. I mean, it literally happens with MTI and Samuel French and uh, Dramatic Publishing and Tams Whitmark every day, I'm sure. So this isn't like this is something out of the ordinary for non um, first class productions. Yeah, so I'm looking here. It's the Curtain Call Theater in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, was uh, a, uh, I don't want to mischaracterize it. I think it's a community theater that was trying to do this. Um, and uh, just a two-week run in October, and they were shut down. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, it matters the if the Harper Lee estate um gave permission to do both of these uh both of these productions then they're kind of in the wrong there but i you know i'm not sure that like i said before scott rudin achieves anything by flexing his muscle there it's not like no. i don't think that people are going to com- confuse the current uh uh production on broadway with with uh two point. weekends yeah. in connecticut but no well, no, and you're right. And that's the thing is like, like I said, these types of things happen all the time with rights getting pulled. But also oftentimes uh, the big the big times that this happens is when you're talking about professional theaters. Yeah. Uh, maybe doing those shows. Now, it happens to schools all the time as well. I'm not saying that's the only time it happens, but doesn't matter if a community theater in Connecticut does it or, a, a, um, you know, a small tour. Actually, it wasn't a small tour over in the UK. It was actually going to be a, a playing some rather large venues. Um, does that matter? And will that impact or change people's mind about seeing the Aaron Sorkin production, whether it's on tour or in London? I, I don't know. But I mean, from a purely legal business standpoint, if they feel like they have a compelling legal argument to do this and no one wants to challenge them in court, I, I mean, from a producer standpoint, I don't know that I can feel too bad about it. I, I you know, maybe maybe I'm, you know, normally I'm not super on Scott Rudin's bullying side, but I, this is not this seems to be a, a, making a, a mountain out of a molehill with something that happens on the reg, as the kids say. So uh, I'll take a little bit of a left turn here. Did you see our friends at Fathom Events, uh, what they announced today? I did not. On Sunday, March 24th and Wednesday, March 27th, the beautiful film adaptation of Harper Lee's Pulitzer Prize-winning novel <laughs> To Kill a Mockingbird makes a rare return to the big screen, playing in more than 600 movie theaters nationwide. So uh, part of a TCM Turner Classic Movie big screen classic series uh, from Fathom Events. So if you have not seen To Kill a Mockingbird film or not seen it recently, this is a good time to uh, go check it out on the big screen. Uh, Fathom Events is uh, doing this. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMATT. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us. And Matt and I will be back and chat with you tomorrow. (laughs) 